fueled by C4, Cellucor, and Extend. Use the code Clydesdale to get 20% off the checkout at C4Energy.com. On Clydesdale Media, where we bring you the widest array of content here on our YouTube channel. Make sure you like and subscribe to the channel. Hit that notifier so you first know when new episodes are available. What is going on, everybody? Welcome to the Clydesdale Media Podcast, or what I like to call Sunday Morning Coffee with Fee. Oh, yes. <laughs> I like that. You already know me. We got our coffee in. Cheers. Yeah. Same to you. Ooh, Paper Street. I know. They sent me a good, uh, good little, um, good little, good big box of Paper Street coffee and like cute tons of nitro cans and i've been having one a day <laughs> yeah whenever i'm at events and um gabe is there like the oh. frost gets me through the weekend oh, so much this is my first time actually trying their nitro brew and it is probably one of my favorite ones i used to not be a nitro brew kind of person so they turned me they turned me into one yeah and i and the coffee is so good oh i highly recommend i'm a first time trier so this is really yeah. good yeah, yeah. I'm I'm like uh a year in to trying Paper Street. Oh and, uh and I've and I met Gabe last October. Yeah. And he is as nice as the coffee is good. Oh, oh, I like that. I love that was shout out to Paper Street and Gabe. Actually, I just had a, a podcast with them pretty much. Um breaking uh Breaking, breaking, oh, the Paper Street podcast. Well, Paper Street has a podcast. Um, and I just did one with them like a week or so ago. Oh, cool. Why did but I just lose? I just, my mind just went breaking something, breaking, breaking, break, no, breaking athlete, no, breaking, breaking uh, comfort. Comfort, breaking comfort. Gosh. Shout out to, I need to more coffee. I need more coffee. Brain cells yeah. aren't working. <laughs> Um, and it's in in Spanish. Yeah, in Spanish. Oh, such great guys. Seriously, it was such an such a pleasure with them. And well, they're you know they're producing this podcast to reach the Latin community and kind of creating more platforms for the Latin community to be just as involved and informed on all things in the CrossFit world. So they're doing some great stuff over there. And I know you have a Latin. You're you have a lot of background to you. We talked about that early on <laughs> yeah. when you had, um, are you comfortable speaking in Spanish? Yeah. Yeah. Hablo español. It's my first language actually. So I grew up speaking Spanish. I mean, I've, sp I've spoken Spanish for 28 years, you know, I'm 28 years old and we grew up speaking Spanish in the house. So my mom is from Mexico, fluent, native. My dad is Iranian, but he actually speaks fluent Spanish. Even though he's Iranian, he speaks fluent Spanish because he studied medicine in Mexico. And that's exactly how he met oh, my wow. mom. So he was he was down there for seven years, I think. He ended up meeting my mom like three weeks before he needed to come back to the States. So over that time, he ended up learning Spanish fluently. He speaks it like a native. You would have never you would have never thought that he's actually not native at all um, if you hear him speak. So we the rule in our house was Espanol only, like even like if my parents heard us, you know, talk amongst ourselves, even in a little bit of English, you would always hear it from the living room or the office like Espanol, Espanol en la casa. Like, that was it. So we speak Spanish with our family members and then obviously everywhere else is, you know, I went to school in the States and I've always lived in, in the States. Yeah. So that, that's awesome. That my D in high school Spanish probably would not get me far. <laughs> I feel like most people that took Spanish just like barely got by. <laughs> <laughs> Feet, like, I think if I missed one more point on a test, I would have failed. Oh, like well. it was that, that right. It's that a good, it's a good thing that your job isn't to <laughs> translate in Spanish. <laughs> correct. Correct. That was freshman year of high school. I knew right away that my job should not entail any part of speaking Spanish. Oh my gosh. That was like me in a, 
taking any kind of accounting course. I could never get like above a C on any exam. And Al, my fiance, who's a CPA, he's like, well, it's a good thing you don't, you're not going to be an accountant. <laughs> you don't need to worry about it. So my but degree is, my degree is in business. I have my graduate degrees in business and mm. I love math, love math and uh, hate, hate accounting. Well, that's the thing about account. I feel like you use math in accounting, but it math in accounting, like it's not like just because you're good at math doesn't mean you're going to be good at accounting because accounting's more critical thinking. And, um, you know, it's you use math to get the answer, but it's not like a calculus course or a trigonometry course or statistics or so. Yeah. yeah n negatives don't mean negatives. They, you know, with these zero balance yeah, accounting, yeah. trying to, oh, yeah, just. Yeah, you're not gonna have to find X. You're not gonna have to do all. <laughs> no. Yeah. No, no. But, but, I, we digress. None <laughs> of this was in my notes, but it was a very refreshing conversation. So, <laughs> what I want to talk to you about, uh, and I've been dying to talk to you about, and we talked to you right before semi. So I debated whether having you back on or not. But my own curiosity and wanting to talk to you um, made it so I reached out to you, and so mm -hmm. that is. Fee, you're, you're going back to the games. Oh, I isn't that I'm going back. Thank God. <laughs> I've worked so hard. I'm so excited. And so, so like, and, and there's a, a lot of questions in my mind about that. So I'm going to, I'm going to hit them real quick and then we'll, we'll talk about some other stuff, but um, your, your one time to the games was 2019. Mm -hmm. Very yeah. untraditional. Yeah. A weird year of qualifications. You'd never got your name announced live at a venue to say that you were going to the games. Mm -hmm. How much sweeter was this year being out on the floor and knowing immediately I'm going to the games? Mm, it was, this was the first time that any like ounce of hard work felt real. That was the sweetest thing I could ever hear and feel was it felt, it finally felt me earning a spot at the games actually felt like I earned it, you know, versus through the open, which was a weird way to earn it. It wasn't live. You don't have the people almost part of your journey with you through the weekend it just felt so much more real and so much more well-earned and deserved than it had ever been in the past. Um, yeah. And it was just the most emotional moment I've ever experienced. And I've never experienced all the failures paying off in this sport yet. That, so that was, that was an incredible moment because I've never experienced everything coming into fruition. It was amazing. And, and Al was there and he has been yes. by your side through this whole thing. Right. So you get to share it with him. How, how many family members were there? So my whole, not even my whole family was able to be there. And usually, usually I have my entire family typically at my competitions, like my dad and my mom. And, but you know, only some of my family members were able to make it. So I had my fiance there who's he's, he's been by my side for, you know, the last seven years six years we've been together just over so my mom was there my younger sister was there my sister-in-law was there um and also also my you know al's al's sister as well nicole so i had a good amount of his family there alongside with my mom and they we all stayed together in a um at a resort in a hotel for a week good friends allowed us to stay in their place and they saw the ups and downs and all the behind the scenes and all the emotions. Like if we want to talk about emotions, I feel like I'm just like an open book <laughs> and I just wear my heart on my sleeve. But yeah, they saw a lot of tears, a lot of doubt, a lot of nerves. Oh my gosh. It was the most nerve wracking I've ever been in any competition throughout all these years. Yeah. We're, we're going to get to the weekend and the ups and downs <laughs> of it all. Um, yeah. but I want to, I want to revel in the success of it, of making it because you've been trying really hard and you've been really, really close and the odds have been stacked against you in previous years where like 
people were added to your semifinal or, mm-hmm. and no more spots were added, but yet more people are coming in. And here you are like, like, I know we're going to go through the weekend and it's going to seem like there may have been doubts, but mm-hmm. you started so strong that you were always in a qualifying position. Mm. That was, that was really reassuring that I think in the years past, um, I've actually never had a coach. And up until like last year at Granite Games, like that entire last season, I finally like had a coach for a consistent year. And um, before then it was always, I was just Scott's training partner and he helped me as much as he could while still training for himself. And, um, but I think this year, especially coming down to Naples and being with my coach and being alongside of him literally every single day, um, really was able to not just like build me up in a way that I needed to be for this year, but going into semifinals, like I was able to execute in the best way that I could. And I think my execution from the start helped me, you know, to, until the finish. And I, I'm very confident and he's very confident, Matt Torres, is when I execute the way that I know I can and the way that my fitness allows me to, I'm there. And I think in the years past, I've just, there were maybe too big of holes that we got to close this year and maybe areas of execution that I couldn't show because I didn't have a coach. And it was kind of just like me trying my best and doing my thing. So having that leadership and coach, like a true coach in my corner was, was everything. So speaking of Scott, you, you guys have trained together for a very long time. Mm-hmm. I, I love the, the Pancheck parents um, and all the Panchecks, but I was talking to them and they almost talked about you like another daughter. Oh, wow. When really? I, when, I, when I talked to Papa and Mama Panchek, like, and Spencer had made it at, at, mm. um, in the East and they brought up your name too. Like, we're so happy for fee. And, wow. um, and so did it, did it mean anything that Scott was there? Like, cause you've mm. been training partners forever. Right. And he's, yeah. he was there watching and coaching Spencer. Mm-hmm. Um, how did, how, did you guys get to catch up at all? Yes. Oh, that's what, like, I was so happy knowing that I was really hoping that Scott was going to be there. And I know he like, he will go above and beyond to, you know, be the biggest support, just not only for his brothers, but even for myself. And, you know, even though like my path has become a little bit different and it has, he has taken me kind of away from my safe Cleveland bubble. He's, he always, you know, makes it a point to be there for me and give me, you know, his best advice and just know that he's there no matter what. And I was able, I was, you know, texting him and Kristen as well, his wife, even before the competition weekend started, just like any kind of encouragement and like Scott's just always the one that just, he's almost like a flat football coach, like just knows exactly how to like, fire you up in the locker room kind of feeling. He just sent me the greatest message before, you know, Friday even started. Um, It just fired me up so much. So even from far away, he's just as supportive. And I actually got to see him Saturday right after events and uh, before our last briefings. And I got to see him Saturday night or evening. And then right after qualifying Sunday, like I got to see him in the back and just celebrate and just share moments. So Oh, it, it means the world. And it's really cool to have, you know, a sport like this bring and create some special relationships throughout the years. So they're supportive. The whole CrossFit mentality community, which is where I come from, um, has been in my corner since since the very beginning. And it's cool. You, you got to have that full circle moment. Right. Yeah. Oh. Um, and Wad Zombie says, I'm so happy she made it. I was rooting for her hard. Oh, my gosh. Who said that? Wad Zombie. Do you know who that oh, is? Oh, yes. Thank you. Um, I, it was cool to like feel that energy from everybody. Like the turn to the crowd was like the most natural thing. I think. I think there's so many. I have. I haven't built myself up as an athlete just yet, where making it is expected almost. Um, so you know, you have the girls that are. Just consistently so strongly at the top and they make it and it's like okay on to the next like job done and for me it was just this like celebration and to turn to the crowd I felt like 
I turn to the crowd because I, these last years, I feel like everyone has been such a big part of pushing for me and rooting for me and encouraging me and the messages. And I felt like it was like this moment of everybody that has been with me, not just for myself. Yeah. And I want to talk about Brute and the, the choice to go down to Florida. But in that moment where you qualify, your teammates are killing it too. So it's, yes. it's almost like not just, it's got to be a big relief for you. And, and, and let me start mm. there. Was it more relief or was it joy and excitement? It was instant relief. Like so, so much more relief to start. And then I felt the rush and the excitement of like, ah, oh, we did it. But the relief came from like, you know, Emma and Danielle are, I consider podium contenders. I get to see them, see their work, see what we do together and, you know, see them grind. And I'm, I just know that like, they are truly the, not just the best in the North America East, but the, also the best in the world contending for that podium spot. And to be right there with them and training with them and, um, just grinding it out, like, is just such an, I just feel so, so honored as well. Um, but to see them succeed the way that they did was just like, just a proud friend moment. Um, but the fact that, you know, I got my girls like, you know, qualifying, like, I don't want to be the one left out either. And um, cause we're all working hard and then seeing Dallin, you know, just kill it like up and coming, like just, you know, he's going to do big things, you know, for years to come and James, <clears throat> being right there like we all were just there and I think like to not <laughs> qualify like you didn't want to be the one that didn't and I'm sure James probably felt very similar he was right on that cusp um so the relief was first like like that like you know breath of fresh air finally um and then joy lots of joy <laughs> lots of happy tears <clears throat> so uh we've been doing some ranking shows through the past couple weeks uh, of all 40 games athletes. And we have a researcher, Holly Dugan, who is helping mm -hmm. us put together numbers and all this kind of stuff. One of the things she did is she combined the leaderboard as if all of you competed in one event around the world. And what, what blew me away is in the women's side, North America East had like eight of the top nine positions. Wow. Which was was like um the reason it blew me away wasn't because like i knew you guys were stacked with athletes mm -hmm. but you were the first week you knew the least amount of about the standards mm -hmm. you you were the guinea pigs for everything and yet you still had the majority of the top 10. wow that's very interesting yeah. so when you when you hear things like that and I don't know if you have ever even seen anything like that until I just mentioned it. No. What kind of confidence does that give you moving forward? That's, I mean, those are incredible statistics. And I think my confidence never actually comes from statistics or it never comes from other, you know, rankings or, you know, assumptions. Um, obviously it makes me feel good in a way where I'm trending where I, I want to go and my progress continues, you know, in the right direction, which is obviously the goal. So, yeah. So I guess in that way, like it makes me, it does make me feel good that like, not only did I just qualify, but I'm not seen as less of an athlete or not, you know, not equally deserving of being at the games. I also know that, you know, I've been working so, so hard on so many things that, you know, I haven't, you know, closed all the holes that I wanted. I know that at the games, I'm going to be exposed in so many areas. It's just, you know, something that happens to everybody. But I also have the confidence that I want to, I'm going to take, you know, the progress that I've been making and I'm going to continue to pour it into the games. Um, so, yeah, so it's cool to hear those things and know that like, you know, we're top dogs and we're strong and we're there to fight and we're there to, you know, prove ourselves as well as athletes, but come games, like from semis to games, there's so much that could happen during those weeks. And you truly like nothing is really set in stone until 
weekend of the games. Like you could take all the statistics and all the, uh, you know, information since January and how people have been performing in the off season and the open and quarters and, and all that. But you just, the, the weeks between semis to games is when people turn it on and things get wild and you could see some different beasts at the games that maybe didn't show up at semis and they could just blow you away just as much as anybody else. So I'm excited and, to, to take that in. Yeah. And just to put a caveat on it so I don't get beat up in the comments is I know there are way more variables to those stats than than just lining them up because there were different floor surfaces. There were different judges. There were, you know, there's a lot of things that go into that and you don't, you're not going head to head. So Mm -hmm. if you have a big lead, you're probably going to slow down things like that uh, in a competition. So I do understand all that. I want to catch up on some comments. Uh, Lana Marcin says go fee. And she's, she's a master's athlete. I met her. Um, And Bruce Wayne says, uh, tell Fee I said hi. Oh, what's up, Bruce? <laughs> uh, Fee's such an awesome person. And um, I think there was one more. I name. love that name, Bruce Wayne. What a strong name. What a famous name, huh? <laughs> it is. I think it's, I think it's a pseudonym from, for somebody else. Yeah. <laughs> um, so anyway, um, so you go to Brute. You make that decision to make the move. Mm-hmm. I'm assuming in retrospect, best decision you made. Hands down. No question in my mind. It was exactly what I needed. Are you becoming a Florida girl? Yes, actually. <laughs> like, well, the reason the reason that I, you know, <laughs> was even able to make it to Naples, it's, you know, Naples is not a, not a cheap move and um i i was able to you know i wouldn't be able to be down here i'll tell you that without the support of my family the support of my fiance and um so actually when i was deciding you know after the last chance qualifier matt and i had chatted and it was just more like okay what is the next thing that we need to change it wasn't like we've been working so much on all the things that we've needed to work on it just was the result that it was and it was more like, what is the next step? And the next step was being down here with the others and the camp. And we needed to, you know, be with my coach. I couldn't just be a text away anymore. And my fiance, you know, I, at the time we were just dating and I brought it up to him. I was like, what do you think about having a long distance relationship is pretty much what I, what I said. And he goes, well, I'm coming with you. So it wouldn't be long distance and we're going to make it happen. And he's a CPA. He works for a firm out of Cleveland and he talked to his firm and they were just as equally supportive of my career as they are with his career with the firm. And they allowed him to move down to Florida and work remotely for them. So that was the reason that I was able to make it down, down here in Naples. And we moved down in November. So last year's qualifier was in, what was it? It was in July. Yeah. And then eventually talked to my coach. He made it happen for me. He gave me the opportunity and the chance. And and he goes, if you come down here, we're going to get you to the games. I'm going to do everything in my power to get you there. And I've been with him every single day, every training session, every hour, every, you know, training piece has been with my coach alongside with my training partners. So, yeah. So I feel like I'm a Florida girl now. I feel like I've experienced <laughs> at least a, a Naples girl. When it comes to lots of beach time, lots of sun, lots of heat, <laughs> we're used to it. So, you know, as an Ohio guy, mm-hmm. you know, that makes me sad, but I understand. I still, I still have my Cleveland roots, though. My Cleveland accent comes out every now and then. <laughs> Where you, are those who know that Cleveland accent, that, um. But no, I, it's funny. It's like we're we're down here with all this heat, so anything less than maybe eighty five degrees, I'm freezing. I'm cold. Like I still actually wear my sweatshirts to the gym. It's like right now is like the lowest it actually gets is probably like ninety um, during the day. But every day I wake up, throw my sweatshirt on, 
go outside. I sit in the car with my sweatshirt, 90 degrees in the day. So I feel like I still have that freeze baby in me, even though I'm here in Florida. So it's funny because I, I lived in Florida for four years and it yeah. took me like, it took me probably three years to acclimate where mm. if it dropped below 80, I was cold. Yeah. Um, but it took me three years to get there. It's taken you all of like three minutes. Yeah. <laughs> I'm still cold. <laughs> I'm still cold. I'm like, I'll like, I'll, I will warm up in sweatshirts until I start sweating like profusely. Sometimes I still like yesterday we went on for um, some outdoor training and we were running and biking and I had long black leggings and maybe like a quarter sleeve like uh, t-shirt and just like sweat and it was probably 90 degrees at that time. I'm just hoping that by the time we get to Madison like the heat doesn't even phase me. <laughs> it, it won't because the humidity can't even compare. Right. Well, and it, it's humid up here now and it's hot up here now. Um, yeah. But for some reason, games week, Wisconsin becomes the hottest place on the, the earth. Yeah. I've noticed that every weekend or every games weekend in Madison, for some reason, it's like the hottest weekend Madison has ever experienced. But yeah, so last you, year they did have that rainy day though. It was on Sunday. Yeah. They had uh, like a very rainy, wet. Uh, and Thursday. Thursday. Because remember, they had oh, to move really? the second. They had to oh, move the, the second event to the second yep. day. You're right. Yeah, that was odd. And yeah, then some other were... events were just like blistering hot. So let, let's dive down that route. So you think training in Florida is going to help you with mm. the elements? Because because it'll be the first time competing outside this season. Yeah, yeah. It and this is this is kind of you know the positive when it comes to being able to train in an area where you get, you know, the outdoors all year long is you have that advantage of truly training the way that you compete. And most of the time, I mean, obviously at the games, you compete outside the entire weekend, just about other than the Coliseum and, you know, other than, you know, semifinals, you're competing indoors, but it truly, I think always just sets you up. Anytime you get the outdoors, the ability to do so, you just have much more opportunity to continue to, you know, vary your training and the elements of the heat and the exposure. And so, yeah, so I think that has also, that's been huge, but I think for the most part, it's just training with people, training with the best in the world. And it's no different. It's like you train in an environment that brings you down, you're going to go right down with them. If you train in an environment that only expects the best, has the highest standards, is performing their best and is you know, considerably, you know, also the best athletes in the world and the sport of CrossFit right down. And we all get to train in the same environment. We're all just going to continue to elevate each other. And that's what we're always going to push towards. Um, so I think it's been, that's been the biggest change for me is actually training with a core group of athletes that are at their highest level. The last year I've been actually, well, the last two years before moving to Naples, I was truly, you know, just on my own and not saying that's impossible to continue to be the best, but it's just very hard. And for me, especially, I thrive off of constant coaching and constant camaraderie and training partners and learning from other people that do things better than me. And some people love, you know, being alone and doing their thing and just being them in the clock. And people like me, I need I need my group. I need my 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 core family here um so yeah that's that's exactly what i needed and i knew i needed that for a long time i just didn't have the chance until <clears throat> this time around so gosh now i have a million questions so i'm gonna go this way so last year you were on the demo team mm -hmm. and i have to tell you that you saved me last year how I don't even, you probably don't even know this so when the week week started in Madison, we did not have pit pass credentials as a company oh. and we fought during the week to get them. So my first time to go under the um, Coliseum and to go out to the pit, I had total imposter syndrome. Like <laughs> I'm freaking out going down the steps, going down to that area. And I'm like nervous, nervous, nervous. And all of a sudden I hear Scott, 
<laughs> and it's you and you ran over and gave me a hug. And I was like, okay, I belong. Oh I deserve God. to be here. Yes. I can go ahead You're and go no. out now. Get out of here. I that means that's so special. I feel like I I sometimes come out of nowhere and I sometimes scare people. So I hope I didn't do that. You did oh, not. I need gosh. I needed it so much in that moment to oh. know that it was okay that I was down there. Yes. Oh my gosh. Well, I'm so happy we were able to share that moment. <laughs> Good. So what did you was get your that media pass for this year? Uh they are so slow. Uh, don't have, I hope don't have anything yet. Well, I mean, gosh, our access at semifinals was so great. Mm -hmm. um, like, I think we're in yeah, now. Like, yeah. it's just been battling to get there. And they're yeah. just, they're really slow at responding. Yeah. Dang. Come on, CrossFit. So, um, so anyway, yeah. did that experience on the demo team help you go into this season? Did you mm. see anything or learn anything? that really helped you um, become who you are today? Yeah, I think my biggest takeaway from from being on the demo, which was just such an, such an honor, it's like the next best thing. Like if you can't compete at the games, at least you get to test the games, events to some capacity and work right alongside Adrian Bosman, person that programs the games now and be behind the scenes is like the insight that I think every athlete wants in some capacity, in some way. And I was able to get it through that. Um, but I think my biggest takeaway, especially chatting with Boz and just like, just hearing how he thinks about the events and what athletes should be thinking about in their off season, that was the key. And the biggest theme was trying, playing more, doing things that you, you know, trying to take a movement that has already been done thousands of times and how to do it a little bit more complex or a little bit more fine tuned or a little bit more strict or yeah. And it was just, the theme was athletes need to play more and we need to not just rely on the history of what's been done, but try to almost get creative in training and going back to just being creative and being playful and exploring. And so I think that's exactly what we've been doing these la this last season. My coach has been doing, you know, extremely well when it comes to just getting us to move in different ways, not because we're going to throw it into a workout, but just to explore our bodies and, you know, do things a little bit differently and explore our fitness. And if it comes up at the games, amazing. If a test comes up that we've never done, well, at least we've been playing and practicing and maybe building some body awareness that now we could actually pour maybe a little bit more athleticism into things that are unknown um, and still have that be successful. So yeah, so that was really cool to be able to get that takeaway. I think in the years past, you gauge what will be done at the games in from years past. Um, and now you're actually gauging what could potentially be at the games, not because you've seen it in the past, but now you're kind of like already just being creative and thinking what could come, even though it hasn't been tested. Uh, Adrian Bosman was just a great person to just, you know, pick at his brain and hear him chat. He's very, very wise. He knows exactly what he's doing. He is. And then mm -hmm. you were hit with the big news two weeks ago that Dave Castro's back. And, yeah. And now he's got his hand in the pot as well. So now so you he's going to, is mix. he going to be also pro like him and Boz? I guess I didn't read up as much into it, but it, him and Boz are working together on programming or he's. <clears throat> so, um, so Dave has a show called Dave Castro's week in review. It's on YouTube. Every week he goes through what he's doing. Two weeks ago, he announced what his new role was, which is he mm -hmm. is running the games like at the highest level. Oh, okay. So he's overseeing it all. Hell yeah. From, from on the floor events to campus events to everything going on at the games. Week two, he came to Columbus with Boz for testing. He said on that week in review that he uses his critical eye that he has had for 16 years. Um, and 
they made modifications to the programming. Mm. Now, my, my guess is that what that means is that the programming isn't changing, but maybe the layout or the way it looks on the field yeah. may have changed. Yeah. Or maybe a and, tweak. And of I mean, weight. that goes, yeah, <laughs> tweaks and that, I mean, tweaks happen up until sometimes even like an hour before the event is what I realized. <laughs> like right. some changes and adjustments and they're not major, you know, by the time the weekend comes around, usually those changes are usually like, cause that's the only time that they get to see things like on the actual floor in Madison. Everything else is done, you know, until they get to that campus, everything else is done in gyms or Rogue HQ or maybe other uh, parts of in California with Dave, maybe now. But yeah, that's cool. So he even has a little bit of say in, a lot of say in that now. I've, I mean, that's so exciting. I've always loved, um, I mean, the, how Dave has always orchestrated uh, the games and he's made it so even just visually entertaining for them. He's made it more so for the fan experience to be able to see kind of the flow of, and show off the athletes in a way that's fun for the fans and it's fun for the athletes. Um, I'm excited. I didn't know that, you know, this time of the year, I don't pay attention to much other than training and what my coach is telling me and everything else. I kind of just tune out. So I'm going to have to have you keep updating me on Dave's so, weekly review. So what I will tell you is that week in review is probably the one thing athletes should pay attention to. It's mm. only usually 10 minutes long every week. Okay. Um, and it's on his YouTube channel, but he does give away he hints, you know, and stuff like that. So mm. I do think, uh, I do think that that is something you should pay attention to. I'm going to do that. I, I think every camp thing. should have somebody that is watching it. That's for sure. Yeah. I wouldn't, I wouldn't doubt that, you know, my coach and the other coaches here at Brood are, are reviewing that and talking it amongst themselves. And we're probably already even like incorporating some of those things in training. But it's so funny. It's like this time of the year, you're kind of just like laser focused on one thing. You forget. You're like, oh, maybe I should be like doing a little bit of research here and there. But that's what coaches are for. Um, <laughs> I agree. But yeah. Agreed. I'm going to take a look into that. That's Matt Sorry. Torres's job. You just you yeah. just keep doing you. <laughs> sure. But no, that's um, good to know. So the other the other aspect of that is it was announced a new cut schedule. And when you were there in 2019, that was the year of the awful amount of cuts. Oh, yeah. Also a huge field, though. So very, the cuts were needed, I would say. Not, not all the cuts were appropriate, I think. Correct. So this year, they've added now two waves of cuts. Mm -hmm. what, are, what are your thoughts going into the weekend? Because you've worked so hard to get here. Yeah. Like I, I'll, I'll, I'll let you know, personally, I hate the cuts. I think the cuts have been done through the open, the quarterfinals and the semifinals and the 40 best are there and they should get to compete the entire weekend. I got to agree with you on that one. That's like, I got, I understood the cuts. The reason for the cuts was such a huge field back in 2019. Um, me personally, I got to agree. I mean, there've been cuts and you know, from start to finish this entire season. And I think once you, once, once you get to the games, I've always believed that you have passed every test to earn your spot there. You have passed every cut and every test event at semifinals, you've earned your way. And 40, a stack of 40 is actually, it's not a lot of athletes. And even towards like, you think of, you even saw, like everyone saw this past semifinal what one more day of events could do to the entire leaderboard. Maybe not the top three, maybe not the top five, but absolutely within the top 10, it could shake up a lot. Um, you saw people at the bottom, like 20th place, come up and finish in the top 10 spots within two more events or even one more event. Whatever. And so, yeah, so I feel like, you know, you earn, you work, you know, 300, 40 plus days out of the year to earn your way to the back to the games and to be cut when you've already passed all of those tests. Um, and considering now you have the best in the world 
every single event matters just as much as the previous one or the next one and every single point and every single second like and that's money that's our income that's our livelihoods as well um so i think having multiple cuts again um it just doesn't make sense to me it really doesn't i want someone to make it make sense <laughs> and i wish they came out with their explanation of why and why they think it's appropriate but to me you've earned your spot you should be able to compete from start to finish so i'm i'm working on something right now where i'm taking last year's leaderboard and i'm running it through as if the cuts happened last year mm. to see how much different the Ooh, leaderboard ends up at the end mm -hmm. like how oh, much would it have changed <clears throat> everything so um holly dugan is working on that right now and i'm hoping to have that later today oh then i can't wait for that i because, will say because last year laura horvath was way down the leaderboard and ended up on the podium so at what, point, what was she going into saturday or finishing so I, saturday so i think like if you don't change so if you looked at it she was in the places to make the cuts but if you take away some of the event finishes from others that would have been cut mm -hmm. would she have made the made the cut and that's what i don't know yet interesting also it, it i would be even interested in the order of events not even like i would be interested in if you were to take that weekend you know maybe change up some order of events um <clears throat> because you know that you know who's oh it, to say that would the make order a of events difference. could it i mean that would make a huge difference as well that so the front end of make... last year was so gymnastics heavy mm -hmm. Yep. You flip that to the Sunday and Sundays to Thursday, and that's completely different because Sunday was very yep. power output. Yep. Oh, so, and then changing the, I mean, they had to change the alpaca workout. The right. alpaca event ended up just becoming a strong girl event with the kettlebells and the sled pull or sled push. I mean, with increasing weight down the field, that was an extremely hard workout in itself but that almost became easier of a workout for the big girls. You have more mass on you. You just throw around some kettlebells and some sled, but that would have been a way different standing, way different result. If the L-sit legless rope climbs were thrown in there, guaranteed the girls that sat outside of the top 10 by the end of the weekend probably could have finished well inside the top 10, just because of something like yeah, that. That, that so hits too it close to home. changes so much. And that's, that's why I believe the cuts shouldn't happen. And it shouldn't happen like that because you get one more event, two more events, and that could shake up so much. Um, yeah, so I'd be I'm 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 excited for that information, that those statistics that you guys come out with and yeah. see what that trend is like. Yeah, the, the ropes being taken away hit hard for me because I go to Christy O'Connell's gym. Mm, taking away uh, rope climbs from her is like that's her super that's power. her jam. And that's you where know, like, like a small athlete could, you know, take advantage of, of what they're good at. And not to say so, small athletes, you know, couldn't do the grunt work either, but I mean, you get someone stuck at a legless rope climb, they got to earn their, they got to earn their weight and they got to earn being able to get to the next thing. And we saw what legless did at semis. Yeah. Like legless yeah. completely changed the leaderboard. And it wasn't even that many legless. I almost like finished semis thinking that, if they're going to cut the distance, they should at least add another rope climb to it. I would have loved to seen three seated legless rope climbs instead of two. I think two almost wasn't enough, but it crushed other people. Yeah. But I think I thought two was definitely not enough. And yeah, you could see like people just making it to the rope before anybody else. And then they just, the rope climbs just <clears throat> crush, crush a lot of athletes still. Um, so yeah, so that's just my two cents, man. Like I, I can't even think about the cuts though. Like going into it as an athlete, you can't think about the cuts because if you think about getting cut, you're, you're already cut. worried about something that's just completely out of your control and that'll mess you up, you know, even to the start. So I think like knowing that they're there, okay. Having the, the awareness that they're there is, you know, is in my mind, but not important. And I think the most, the only thing that I could do is focus on my execution 
in the event in event one and then forget about it and then event two and then we forget and then just having that short-term memory and focusing on one thing at a time and then by the end of the weekend you've you've earned what you needed to earn and that's just about it and the only way that i think we could create change is when athletes come together and they make a stand and actually the brett Fakowski and pet Vellner lead the pfaa and they're they're always more than you know well they welcome feedback and they welcome the participation of athletes to come together when it comes to these changes but until more athletes get on board i don't think you know the people at top will hear our voices so i think more athletes that want to see that kind of change need to make their voices heard too so uh my co-host cat is saying i'm a fee fan so excited for the games oh i love you cat oh i hope i get to see you see her in madison um and then Wad Zombie says, Dallin had the best answer when Brian Spin asked him about the cuts. Doesn't affect me. I love Dallin. And it's just, that's the confidence that everybody needs to have. I know I need to have the confidence of I'm having cuts or not having cuts. I'm still going to be like, I'm still going to earn my way through the weekend. Um, Dallin is a cutthroat, hungry, confident, you know, individual, young, young individual. And I love that answer. And I think that's the attitude that we all need to have and deserve to have because we've, we've, we've earned it. Everyone's earned it, but you truly know the work that you've put in. And the only thing that you could do is just keep earning it one event at a time. On a side note, that kid is a stud. There's going to be a moment yeah. where a, a switch is going to flip and he's mm. going to dominate the sport for years. Yes. Oh my gosh. I seeing it. <laughs> is incredible also not just an incredible athlete but i don't think enough people know who dallin is as a human being and he's you know this incredible hungry you know cutthroat competitor on the field and you know he pumps his fist pumps his chest gives a little flex every now and then but like he is the sweetest like gentle giant off off the field just so encouraging and so humble and so patient and is always i mean we'll be even in training sessions and he'll you know help you know me or james or give us like coaching points or things that have helped him so he's always been about sharing what he knows you know open to feedback open to coaching like he is just incredible incredible guy i can't wait to see what he does yeah I'm going to, I'm going to go away from games talk for a minute because, and as always, when I talk to you, Fee, we just, we go all over the place and then, oh, we can talk about anything. And so you have another big event coming up. So not just games, but yes, something maybe do. even, maybe even more important. <laughs> I'm getting married. So uh, that is right, right after the games, right? Yeah. August. So we're going to have the most, we've had the most insane summer so far. And Al and I, we actually planned our wedding around the CrossFit Games. So like the CrossFit Games has been like the most important thing of the season. And we're like, okay, we're going to plan our wedding around this entire year. And so we're going to finish the games on August 6th. August 6th is my birthday. I turned 29 on August 6th and <laughs> I'll be celebrating in Madison. And then Monday we come back August 7th and then Tuesday morning we leave for Mexico, August 8th. And then we get married on August 11th. So how fluent is Al with Spanish? <laughs> he's got a couple words in there. He's, uh, he's got, um, Every now and then I'll just ask him for anything or something and he'll just throw around like, mm, es posible. Like, <laughs> es posible. We got mis amigos. Oh, last year when we went to Moon Palace, which is where we're getting married in Cancun, Mexico. And uh, every morning we'd go get breakfast at the, um, pretty much the buffet area. He'd walk in and he'd be like, mis amigos. Hello, mis amigos. <laughs> So he's got a couple words in there. <laughs> well, on August 6th, I'll be able to say to you, ¿Cuántos años tienes tú? 
¿Cuántos años tengo? Ajá. Yes. And That's I'm going to tell you 29 años. 29. Yeah, I'll have to have a I'll have to have a cupcake or something for you. Yes. Oh, that's going to taste even better at being on the final day. I can't so, wait. So you're getting married in Mexico. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we got. Big, big plans. I... Like, is it going to be outdoors, indoors? So actually, so this is the craziest part is, well, it's going to be outdoors. It's going to be hot in August and Mexico's hot. Um, but we ended up inviting 80 people. We are inviting 80 people thinking that half are going to come. We got 70 guests coming to our wedding. So out of 80 people that we invited, 70 are coming. So it is like the most insane, the biggest destination wedding I've, you know, expected it to be. Um, but, and obviously asking, you know, your friends to make these travel plans and your family to make these travel plans. It's, it's a big, big ask, but the fact that so many people want to come down and celebrate our day and celebrate, you know, not even just the day, but we wanted to, it to be like a weekend of just enjoying time in a beautiful place. Uh, yeah, it's, it's great. We're going to have the wedding on Friday. It'll be outside in the afternoon and then we'll have the reception actually on a terrace and it's just overlooking the beautiful blue water, the sand, the beach, and lots of dancing, lots of drinks will be had, and we're going to have a crazy August. I feel like by the end of August, we're just going to come back and just be like bloated, in sore, maybe in pain still, but wouldn't having it any other way. Sleep for the entire month of September. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm about to sauna and steam my life away after, after Mexico because we're going to go for 10 days. So we're going to so instead of having a separate honeymoon, we're just going to have a couple extra days before and then a couple extra days after. So we'll be there for 10 days and most people are going to be there for maybe four, three or four or five. Um, so, yeah, so we're just combining the honeymoon and the wedding all in one. And then we'll come back and maybe look into some off-season competition. We'll see how fit we could be in the off-season. <laughs> well, what, what I find funny is you said you invited 80, 70 said yes. When my wife and I got married several years ago, um, we wanted less than 100 people at our wedding. Mm -hmm. Our parents got involved. The list grew to 350. No. But, them saying, but them saying like, you know, it's just... They want to be asked. Nobody's going to come, but yeah. just look. Just say we no got three hundred and twenty-five RSVPs. Get the heck out! Tell me your parents paid for them, though. <laughs> we paid no. for most of the wedding. Our parents did help us with some things, yeah. but it, it's crazy because we just wanted the small, intimate, like snacks or d'oeuvres reception turned into a yeah. big dinner with all the fixings and. Oh All my the stuff. gosh. See, that's, I, every, every time I've, a friend has gotten married and they tell me how like wedding planning is, is like the most stressful thing because all those, you know, all those little last minute things happen and the invitations and the details. And I feel like this, this year of wedding planning for me has been the least stressful. And it's been like the easiest thing because I've done just about 10% of it. And you Al has get to say, I'm sorry, I, I got to go train for games. Yeah. Like I got, I was like, let's just make this wedding as simple as possible. And I'll be like, Al, uh, please just like take charge of this, this one thing, which is the wedding. And, uh, he's been so amazing. He's helped me so much in so many different ways. And thank God he's the man I'm going to marry because <laughs> there's no one else that would have this, the amount of patience that he has, but as he's Can, as he's walking in right now but yeah the wedding planning he's been doing and i've done like you know the details like the types of chairs and the napkins and the plates and the you know maybe putting people in their you know tables uh seating correctly and yeah but he's done literally the most that any any husband has ever done probably i do have to say this Al is one of the nicest people I've ever met in the world. Every competition he's at, he comes up and says hi, shakes my hand, 
It, and oh. had, we just have like a 30 second chat and he's just the nicest guy ever. He's the guy that, thank you. That's see, that's, that's him. That's him and him through and through. He's, he's one of those guys that even if you don't know him, you could just crack a conversation with him and you, you could find yourself talking about life. There he is. <laughs> Scott, no Scott's saying you're the nicest person oh. ever. Likewise. <laughs> he <course>. says like, <laughs> Um, but yeah, he's, I mean, you'll find him everywhere, everywhere that I'm at. He's, he's somewhere there in the crowd or holding my bags and he'll always make the time for people. And I think that's one of the best qualities about him. And one of the things that we, you know, hold near and dear to our heart is one of the most important things in our life is building relationships with people and making time for people and truly spending that time, whether it's a five minute chat or, you know, a phone call or whatever that is, but. Yeah. He's, he's a people person. So on that note, you have this guy that is willing to follow you to Florida. He's willing to be by your side, every step of your goals. How much does that mean to you to have that, that partner in crime to that's just there being your support person for all of it? Oh, I better not get emotional over that. That's such a, uh, it's, it's everything that you would ever want in your life, right? That I feel like every life is already so hard and I think it's so crazy. And I feel like <clears throat> everybody experiences, you know, things that maybe even before this relationship, I've, you know, experienced things in my life that at some point it was like, man, I just want to share these special moments with someone, or I need someone to help me through these hard times. And, the fact that, you know, we get to share that together and experience that together, it's, it almost feels um, like you kind of ask yourself, like, how do I, how did I get so lucky and how did I become so deserving? Cause I don't, I don't always feel like that. And um, yeah, it's just the biggest blessing and there's no amount of, gosh, there's no amount of words really. And it's just love and it's love and it's love through and through. And it's cool because you get to share all the hard moments, all the amazing moments, all the things in between. And no matter what happens at the end of this goal or this journey or this chapter of the season, no matter what happens or no matter what it looks like, I, I know he'll be so proud and it makes me so grateful. And um, yeah, it's very, I'm very lucky. And that's, if anyone could ever experience that, that's what, that's what you want to experience uh, in, in some way, shape or form in your life, because you can't ask for more. So on a similar note, my wife and I moved to Florida in 1996. Up until mm -hmm. that moment, our safety net was our parents, right? Like if something was going wrong, I called my mom or I called my dad. Mm -hmm. My, same with my wife. She would call her parents or her aunts or whatever. When we moved to Florida, we were a thousand miles away from safety nets. Mm -hmm. And at that moment, you only have each other. Doing that was the best thing ever, to ever happen to our relationship. Because we had each other in the toughest times, in the best times. And through that, our relationship grew so much. And that's one of the reasons I wanted to ask you that question, because I know you're both from Ohio and now you're in Florida away from all of that big family that you have. And now all you have is each other. It's, it's wild how all those moments, um, you know, truly test your relationship and they also expose, but they also make it grow in so many ways that you couldn't, if you were still you know, at home or living with your parents, which, you know, we both were at the time before like moving. He was with his mom helping her out. She was going through, uh, you know, chemo treatment and he's a probably, you know, he was the biggest, one of the biggest supporters along with the siblings to be there for his family. And there's those things. And I'm, you know, I was at my parents' home and there's so, so there's only so much that you could experience and go through and, you know, grow into when you're away. 
and coming together in Florida was actually our first time living together too. So we came to Florida newly engaged without actually experiencing, you know, the true, like what a true relationship when it comes to living together and sharing things and all the ups and downs that a relationship brings. And I feel like we've been together for six years, but this is truly the first year we've lived 24 hours every single day, 24 seven together. And yeah, our relationship has only gotten stronger. And I mean, from the time that I met him to the time now, he's even more supportive and I feel even the most love and it's cool to see that growth. And just as much as he's supportive of my career, I get to be just as supportive as his career. And uh, we get to share that in different ways. And now you know you know. Mm-hmm. Now I know. Actually, I knew I was going to marry him a while ago, though. I like, we always say it. I was like, I actually started calling him my boyfriend. And I knew I was going to marry him, like, within a couple weeks of meeting him. And I was like, or, you know, starting to talk in those talking stages. It's like, that's the man. Like, that is a special guy. But it's cool. Actually, we have a good amount of friends that have even said to us, like, wait until you start living together. You're going to fight over so many things and you're going to argue over so many things. And we have, we live together, but we've, we've done, I think one of the things that we do very well is communicating and listening to each other and trying to understand where each other comes from before attacking and before getting annoyed or speaking out on anger. And um, that kind of just shows, you know, at least, when it comes to our relationship, we've always had a very trusting and uh, supportive relationship. So even after the games, there's going to continue to be things that are hard and wild and kind of messy and all over the place. But I'm very lucky to be with a man like him. Yeah, I think you're both lucky. Um, <laughs> meeting both of you, you're just both amazing people. Oh, um, I'm so happy you got a chance to meet him. Thank you, Scott. Um, Wad Zombie says, I don't know Fee, but I know a good person when I see one. You deserve everything good that comes your way. Oh, thank you. Wow. That's right in the heart right there. Thank you. Uh, Jeffrey Birchfield says, Fee, such a ray of sunshine. <laughs> thank you, Jeffrey. Oh, you guys making me make my Sunday over here. Um, I've and had then some hard Wad days Zombie lately. Says, this is making my day. Side note, I think Fee on a music episode would be epic. And he's a music referring to, we, we do uh top five countdown music shows Ooh. just for fun. Just for What's fun. A, like, what do you consider a music show? So like we just did last week, top five songs that make you feel patriotic. Ooh. The 4th um, of July episode. Yeah. We've done like, I've done with Justin Cutler, a Prince episode, like top five Prince songs. Um, Oh, I love Ashley that. Ashley Kotler, I did top five um, Broadway songs. Um, so whatever the guest Wait, wants to cool, count yeah. down, like that's what we do. Mm. And and we've morphed it in like every other week I do a CrossFit celebrity and then I do um, a listener. Okay. Oh, I like so, that. Is this new? You t I, I got to tune in. I got to. So we about like, I think eight, eight episodes of it. So okay. we took a break during semifinals because that's our like most busy time of the year. Um, yeah. And then we just brought it back 4th of July for the eighth episode. Oh, I love that. I, I would love If you are interested, I will definitely contact you um, probably yeah. after your wedding because you got a few big things coming up. Yes. <laughs> then, then we could chat about that. That would be fun. Maybe we could do like yeah. uh, the... Latin side, some Latin music in there, inspiration, pump up yeah. songs. That's awesome. And because and because I don't know that music as well, then I research it. And mm -hmm. so and then and then we, we make a Spotify playlist out of it. Yes. And share oh. it with the listeners so they can go check out all the music that we talked about. Heck yeah. Oh, that's the plan. Pencil that in for September. There we go. <laughs> I will put that down right after we're done here. Um, yes. We're past the hour as we always are fee. And I know you are super busy, um, but we'll definitely have you back after the games and I will see you in Madison. Um, yeah. And 
my last question to you is, um, you, to me, you seem like a better games competitor than a semifinalist or a quarterfinalist. As the gymnastics level gets higher, as the grit gets higher, fee gets better. Mm. Do you, how how do you feel going into the games this year? Mm. This year going into the games, I'm definitely I think I've I've had way more moments this this year that have built my confidence in the ways that I've I've needed to show that and prove that. So going into the games this year, I'm I'm not as you know, I, I don't feel as unprepared or scared. Um, and I'm definitely more excited going into the games. I feel almost as a rookie again. So I have that like rookie fire of just going for things a little bit more and not hesitating. And I would say that I'm very lucky to have a team behind me that has helped build that up. Um, but I would love to believe also that when things get tough, um, my mindset is very tough. And I know I could come off as very bubbly and, you know, ray of sunshine and maybe not as gritty, but I think, um, you know, I'm definitely when it, I've experienced enough things in my life that when things are hard, uh, I stay in it just as hard. So I'm excited to have more of those moments and, and show that. If anyone doubts your grit, a 12th place finish in that sled pool should tell everyone how gritty you can get. Yes. Heck yeah. That's it. That's all. That's all you need right there. There's a lot of voices in my head during moments like that. And I could reassure you that they're the voices in my head when things get tough are only making me stronger during, during events like that. Do the voices speak in Spanish or English? (laughs) Part of the voices are actually my dad's voice. So it's, (laughs) <laughs> Half of it's in Spanish, and yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot of things that get said in in, in this head of mine. That is awesome. What I get, whatever gets me through the finish line, eventually I finish. All right. Well, thank you so much for jumping on, Fee. Enjoy Thanks, the rest Josh. of your day, everybody in the chat. Thank you so much for participating. We love you all, and with that, we will catch everybody next time on the Clydesdale Media Podcast. C4 Energy, Extend, and Cellucor are delivering the most effective, best tasting, and highest quality products for you. Get 20% off when you use the code Clydesdale at checkout at C4Energy.com. That's C4Energy.com. And now back to the interview. <laughs>